Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, my name's Jess Phillips and this is yours sincerely. I've always been a prolific letter writer, both the good and bad kind and know the power of putting words to paper. So in this podcast, I want to give my guests a chance to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. And when we've heard more about each person, they'll reveal how they would sign off each letter. Rebecca Adlington OBE is an Olympic swimmer and sports commentator. In 2008, she won two gold medals at the Summer Olympics and broke what was then the world record for the 800-metre final. She's been a part of the BBC presenting team for the Rio and Tokyo Olympics and currently runs Swim Stars, her programme to help children across the country learn how to swim. Today, I'm excited to talk to her about the letters she would send to three people who mean the world to her. So, Becky, is that how you want me to refer to you? Yes, please. Yeah, always. Unless you're going to tell me off. I mean, I might tell you off. Depends what you say. Um, <laughs> I try not to tell people off. So, Becky, how are you? I'm very well. Busy, but good. How are oh, you? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not that busy because I'm isolating with COVID. Um, and so, actually, I am not very well and um, bored. <laughs> and yeah, so- I'm very, very pleased to say that my 13-year-old son has left isolation uh, today and is able to go back to school tomorrow. And so... I feel much better about not having to spend my cabin fever time with him. Uh, it has, I bet he is too. He, he's literally running around the house being like, I can go to school, which is an unusual situation. Um, so this uh, podcast is all about letter writing. Are you much of a letter writer? I'm not. I wish I was. That's what everybody says. Everybody says, yeah. oh, I wish I did it more. Do you know what? I struggle to even write a card. My hand cramps up. I d- just type everything. I could type a letter, but I probably oh, wouldn't yeah. write it. See, your hand cramps up. This, you're like a superhuman being who has <laughs> like won all these medals and you're telling me you don't have the stamina to write even a, a Christmas card. This is no, brilliant I news do. for those, those I... of us who are normal. I do. I just now struggle. Like so, I've been I've been doing loads of school visits, and I had to sign my my autograph. So in my name, Becky Addington, on three thousand leaflets, my name was barely recognisable by the time I even got like twenty in. It was just a squiggle. Yeah. I had to do it once for a whole day, like three thousand books, and sit in this like warehouse. And by the end of it, my brain had gone to mush so badly that, that I had to ask them to basically read out quiz questions to me because I thought I was losing my mind. You genuinely do. And I'm like, I can't keep signing my name. And then I, I then started to doubt my own spelling of my own name because yeah. I'd written it so many times. I was like, how is this possible? Yeah, it is very, very weird. And I think that people wouldn't know that until if you've had to sign your name like 20 times is one thing, but thousands of times you start to lose the will to live. Also, it starts to phase in front of your eyes. Like I'm going mad. I'm going slowly mad. Um, I did it um, with uh, the most recent book that I wrote. They sent me the pages that they were going to stick in the books. So I got to do it at home. Um, But so my son signed loads of them. Why not? Uh, I, I, why not? And also, I was watching. Have you ever watched the TV program This Is Us? It's very sad. I know what you mean? It's yeah. like it's like a tearjerker, very American, very schmaltzy. And I was just crying all the way through whilst doing this. And so, loads of them are just tear stained. 
Oh, well, that's quite a nice touch. I yes, think the, people would pay a lot for tears. The tears, that's it. Literally the tears of uh, this woman on your pages of her book. Um, so, uh, you, so you're not much of a letter writer. Do you have any um, letters, like a real note that you've kept? Like, you presumably have letters from the Queen. I can only assume all Olympians have letters from the Queen. Um, well, I don't know whether it's from Queenie herself. I think it's just more a case of probably her admin department. But definitely, I'm don't saying... Ruin all... the romance of it. She, know, she signed it herself. Sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I've definitely got letters where it's like um, from the like the invitations to the garden party mm. to the um, like to the Buckingham Palace event that they do after the Olympics. Um, I've got the letter that was uh, mine because I was in the New Year's honours list for mm. my OB. So I've got that. I've definitely kept all of them. Um, years ago, I got one from Boris Johnson, but after London Olympics, saying "Well done." Um, so I've kept I've kept all of like ones where you go, you know what? It's a piece of history, isn't it? So Boris Johnson wrote to you. Now I had a, a Tokyo Olympian uh, on, and they said that Boris Johnson, as the Prime Minister, had written to them post the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. But for you, he was the London Mayor. So Boris Johnson is what we're hearing is likes to write to Olympians regardless of his job. But did you, when you won your medals, we? or even just partook in the olympics did you not receive one from the prime minister of the day then was it was it was it tony blair or i don't think no, i did it would no. have been david cameron it no i been... don't think i don't think i did <gasps> scandal scandal yeah yeah, uh, yeah no I don't, I don't think i did i think um boris did it after london because it was the london olympics so oh, I no, but I... still i still think that the prime minister should write to you as an I Olympian. I think they probably had better things to do than just write to a load of old Olympians. But well, Boris Johnson had nothing better to do because he did it after Tokyo. <laughs> he was too busy having his parties and writing letters. Probably did it in isolation with COVID. We didn't have I mean, that then. That's it, that's it. Just sat there writing letters. <laughs> it's true, like being the Prime Minister and writing letters and the Queen and actually having to sign them. You're right, I don't think that the Queen actually signs them. She does sign every law in our country. So, um, that's enough, look, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's enough. You say that, there's only about four that pass every year. Oh, is <laughs> It's not a lot of laws pass each year, but she you sometimes see the whips running through Parliament and it's got her name signed at the bottom. So uh, That's pretty cool, isn't it? Cool that's just that, scent, yeah. That's just amazing. You'd just yeah. love that. I'd just if I was like William or Harry or whoever, actually whoever of the royal family, I'd just be like, Can I have your autograph? Even though you're my <laughs> grandma and even though like you're my relative, can I have your autograph? Just because yeah. it's so cool. I think that they do all really, like, love the Queen. They're like, she's like top dog, isn't she? They all love her. I know, but who is... I've never heard anyone go, I've got the Queen's autograph. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something. My mate's nan turned 100 the other day. Oh, well, yeah, you get... You get a letter from the Queen. She thinks it's digitally signed. Oh, no. I'm going to let the Queen off. She's very old herself. Oh, gosh, yeah, she's got enough to do. She's got enough to I do. I love the Queen, it's fine. We'll I let her may. I love the Queen. Um, I wasn't raised to love the Queen, but I definitely have grown very fond of her. Um, oh, I think she's just like my nana. Like, I just feel like whenever I've met her, and I was lucky I got my OBE from her, and she's so diddy. She's tiny, I'm... isn't she? She's like this big. Yeah, she reminds me of like a little Polly Pocket that you can just put in your put in your pocket i'm like hop in because i'm so not tiny like i'm just so ginormous and then there's her and like i even i when i got my ob i did wear like heels as well and i just felt enormous and she was even up two steps from me and i still towered <laughs> her and i was like oh she's just so sweet and she's just so lovely and just yeah i love her yeah i mean i get to see her of course in her proper crown because when she opens Parliament, she wears well. She didn't last time, but the, all the times before, she 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 wears. She doesn't just come as the Queen; she comes she as comes the Queen. The Queen, yeah. yeah. She wears the garb. She wears like a robe and stuff, and oh like God, walks through with a robe going behind her. There's a room in Parliament called the Robing Room that is specifically for the Queen to go in and put on her robes. Oh yeah. my God, I want to go in the Robing Room. <laughs> to be fair, if you go to the Speaker's House to any event. Like everybody just gets drunk and goes in there anyway, so you'd be like, yeah. 
You're allowed to go in there. It's fine. It belongs to us. Um, actually, it doesn't. It's a palace, but it is belongs to the people. Um, but yeah. So uh, okay. So you have got letters from the Queen, one way or another. Have you got any yes. other letters that you've cherished from like your childhood or love letters from people? No, no. I do keep things like. Me and my husband have like a memory box that we do put stuff, things in like that. So anything like in the past I did, but then once we've split up, I've always chucked them. So I've always had a memory box for each each person I've been with. And then when, when that's it, you don't write the, the box goes in the bin. Really? I'd keep the box. Don't you want to look over? <laughs> no, because it's just like, it's just memories, isn't it? Because it, I just save things like cinema tickets yeah, and like tickets yeah. that you've been somewhere and you're like, what's the point in keeping this? And also like when you find those things, I'd like kept like a bus ticket day saver and for the life of me could not understand what the significance of it was. <laughs> but it's just a day saver. Like, I know, pointless. Why have I kept this? Pointless. I have written a letter, one of my friends made me write him a letter this was like 10 years ago made me write him a letter to open in 2022 and he's uh got it to open this year he hasn't opened it yet and he's going to open it this year so i've i have done a letter to somebody in a different aspect that they now get to open this year and i can't think for the life of me what i even wrote oh my gosh so there's no significance like what a cruel game to play on someone. We do that there. We do it with Strictly Come Dancing. On the first day, we write who we think is going to win and then we seal it and put it on the uh, mantelpiece. And my son Danny gets it right every single time. Really? That's mm-hmm. pretty like a special gift, that. Special gift. I know. I should put a bet on, shouldn't I? I don't ever do that. I definitely should do that. That is brilliant that you made somebody wait and you cannot remember the significance of the letter. That is... He just, he's got the letter. He's put it in his diary. So I gave him the letter straight away when I wrote it like 10 years ago. Um, And he's still one of my good friends. We're still really, really close. So we kind of knew we'd still be really close. And I just said, and he was like, I'm going to keep this. And he wanted to do it. He asked me to physically (laughs) write a letter for him to read in 10 years. How brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God, it's like a time capsule. It's like Blue Peter time capsule. I know. I just have no idea what I wrote. That is brilliant. I really hope I did something really clever and witty, but I don't think I would have done. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it would be terrible to 10 years later be a disappointment. (laughs) No. Just really build up this this note. (laughs) So I have asked you to think about three different people you would want to send three different letters to um and uh to sort of express your feelings for those people and how they've made you feel so the first one would be somebody who means the world to you so who would that be um i have chosen this is just very obvious but my husband oh no (laughs) hardly anyone chooses their partners really choose their moms do you know what it was a debate between my Mm. mum and my husband but I very often give a lot of love to my mum on these sorts of things. Okay. And I was like, you know what? My poor dad never gets a look in. And yet my dad is equally wonderful. And then, so I was then thinking about my dad. And then my husband was like, oh, you never choose me. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't. And I should because I love you a lot. And you're very, you well, don't. You li- I mean, you literally chose him. Yeah, exactly. In life. Exactly. But yeah, no, my husband, yeah, definitely was up there on the list of people to choose. So, what is your husband's name? Andrew. Andrew. And tell me about him. What does he do with his life? Where did you meet him? <laughs> do you know what? like I'm your mother in law and I'm interviewing him to see whether you should be, be marrying him. I know. Um, so, most people are very shocked about this, but we actually met on online dating. And we How met exciting. on yeah, we met on Bumble, and um, so that's one where the girl talks first. So Can I just uh, say I work with Bumble quite a lot, and they're like a really feminist organisation. Yeah, they're really, really good in oh. trying to improve like online spaces for women and change legislation. So thumbs up for Bumble. Woo. I'm not sponsored by Bumble or anything. I met my husband before the internet, so. Uh... <laughs> Do you know what though? You get to the point when you. Uh, get to a certain age where I'm like, I'm never going to meet somebody out. That yeah. just does. It's not possible. It doesn't cause, exist anymore. Because also, I don't go out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's not going to happen. So I, I kind of took the plunge, and believe it or not, Andy was the first, like what, like the first person I met for a date off online dating. 
That is, that's got to be the best hit ratio in the whole world. Ever. Did you go on any dates with anybody else afterwards to check? No. 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 That's it. Well, he had been on online dating for years and he had yeah. had loads, whereas I um, only joined and swiped for him. I spoke to a few people, but because I, I was quite like, I had quite a lot of rules with like, I was like, you know what, I if you can't hold a conversation with me for a couple of days, I'm not going to give you my number or meet mm -hmm. up with you. I think you've got to be able to hold a conversation and mm -hmm. keep the conversation flowing and just have that connection. And if you're a bit pushy and quite a few people would just be like are you that olympian and i'm like well oh, all no. right that's not attractive mate yeah. <laughs> so i was like no um delete <laughs> so i don't know i just kind of wanted something that just was a bit more normal just every day just like chatty just fun loving that there wasn't too posy or say something silly in their bio whereas andy just had a picture of him and the dog and i just loved the dog so i was like yeah why not <laughs> and the dogs it's a winner <laughs> It seems like they're all eating pizza. I've only ever been a tourist, a Tinder tourist, uh, because, I, like I say, I've been married since the dawn of the internet. It's just lots of people seems their main interest, and by people I mean men, their main interest is eating pizza. <laughs> to be not, fair. You've got to have something more than that. Yeah, but to be fair, I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite game for that. I mean, I like pizza. <laughs> I like pizza, so that's fine by me, so, yeah. And um, yeah, luckily, we, to be fair, we didn't have pizza on our first date, but still, it, it was it was a win. <laughs> Where did you go on your first date? I'm so intrigued by the world of internet dating. I know. So we, um, Andy's from Liverpool, and I live in Manchester. Mm -hmm. So I went over to Liverpool, and we went to those like crazy golf place, like the junkyard golf. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. they're all called different, where it's like an indoor crazy golf sort of place. Um, and then we just had some food, and then he took me to this like secret whiskey bar after, um, which was pretty cool. So yeah, it was lovely. Um, had a great time. And on your first date, did you think I might marry this man, or did oh you gosh, think no, no. <laughs> Because that doesn't happen in real life. That no. only happens in TV programmes. No. But you must have it. thought, wow, Bumble, you must have thought, I might have thought, well, online dating's great because I really like the first one, that maybe I should go back in and find out more. What you would have found is that online dating is actually a total snake fit. Of horror. Yeah, to be fair, loads of my friends uh, have got horrific stories. Oh, um, and also, like, I, I just, I even struggled just with the conversations of the other people that I didn't even match that I was like, this is terrible. It's it a lot of admin, of, people tell yeah. me. Like, it's a lot of effort to keep those conversations going, like, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it definitely was. So I think for me, no, straight away, I was kind of like, okay, this guy's, like, fun. He's got great, like... Don't know, just he gets it is just normal. He was just like not trying to be anything he wasn't, just who he was. And I was just like, okay, this is good. So we went on a few more dates. And then, yeah, I was like, okay, I really like this one. He might be a keeper. It's funny. I've never been on a date in my life. This is a, a, a new phenomenon. I've never been on a, I mean, when, I mean, I've known my husband since I was like 11 years old. And people just went to parties and copped off with people and then maybe kept copping off with them. Yeah. They didn't, like, you didn't go on, like, go on dates with people. That is, a, is like, an American and a modern phenomenon. But um, I just feel like, is it never awkward when you're with a stranger? Do you know what? And that was the one thing that I thought it was going to be. Uh, but I think that's why I knew, okay, this guy's nice, because it never... I don't know it just wasn't awkward at all it was like we knew each other straight away also it's like Andy gets like it's fine sometimes to be quiet like I hate people that I, like you don't need to talk just for the sake of talking if mm. there is a natural pause in conversation neither one of us felt awkward it was just kind of like okay let's just do you want to get another drink it's like yeah so we just kind of kept the flow there sort of thing rather than it feeling forced and that's what I kind of liked about it I think and how long have you been married uh, we got married last August. Oh, not not long then. Still no, in the first long. flush. How long were you together before you got married? Three and a half years. Oh, ages. Yeah. Ages. No, yeah, 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 we're fine. We had a baby before we got married, yeah, so we did things me too, the complete wrong way around. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I had a baby first. And if you can get through that, you can get through anything. <laughs> I think so. I think the wedding's just the fun party bit. <laughs> The wedding is, and a marriage is like nothing. So I remember when I was turning, when my husband was turning 30, people kept saying to him, 
Oh, do you feel like you're getting old? And he was like, well, I've got two children and a mortgage. So no, I don't feel like the age really matters. I feel like basically my life's been ruined for some time. Um, I also feel like we're old because we mostly discuss hoovering and children and like, and where's the Tupperware? <laughs> and my friends old. sit down round and have genuine conversations about mortgages. I'm like that. What has happened to us? Oh, no. The disgrace. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and to be fair, a turning point for me of feeling old was I knew I liked day drinking and I then in bed at nine o'clock. I don't want to go evening drinking. I want to do day drinking. Can I just say this is the greatest life hack in the world and people should tell (laughs) younger people this. I want to start drinking. I want to start drinking about two o'clock in the afternoon and I want to be at home by eight o'clock. 100%. I am that friend that is like, oh, should we go out for dinner? Yeah, six (laughs) o'clock. like not going out past seven i'm like no no as long as i've got my pjs on and i'm comfy hair on my head makeup off no bra by 9 p.m when i was young i used to not go out until like half past 11 at night oh yeah what's wrong with me no yeah can't do that no no but when you were young presumably you were in training all the time did you get to have like a proper we got like wild childhood no, it was wild two weeks. That was it. <laughs> it was a two-week block or a two-week window, and then no, that was it. Right back to hard work. So no, I didn't. But you know what? I, I'm not. I wasn't really bothered. I kind of feel like I made up for that in my later twenties mm. with like, and it's much all. It's much more fun when you're older. Yeah, you've got as more well. money and agency. Yeah, and also like I don't. I then drink a nice drink. I'm not drinking like a WKD. I'm drinking like a nice glass of something. I'm like, okay, this is much better. My son made me buy him some WKD from the shop the other day, and I just thought, get a nice bottle of red. <laughs> no, I can't do like shots and drinks. I can get enough enough from the alcohol that is nice and a nice <laughs> glass of wine. That's going to get me hammered enough. I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> It must have been hard, though, like doing all that training. And so presumably you didn't know, Andy, at that point in your life in the sort of in the years of I just imagine that anybody who is successful at sport gets up at 4 a.m. and their parents drive them miles and miles every single day. Like that is basically my my I I probably saw it on Grange Hill once or something. And now that is that, that is genuinely what happens. So you're, you're, you're fine. Yeah, okay, you're right. good. So you get up really early in the morning and like get driven around and then before you get to school and stuff like. Yeah. Half four in the morning used to wake up literally before school, after school. And my, my mum put more pressure on me to pass my driving test first time than she did to win an Olympic gold medal. <laughs> did you pass it first time? I did. I didn't, third time. Oh, um, no. No, my mum pumped everything. She was like, here, take the money, take the lessons. <laughs> to be fair, she used to also make me, because I had my sister's car, so when I used to go training at like half four in the morning, because the roads were um, quiet when I was learning, not when I was like 12. <laughs> this was a genuine and a learner stage. Um, she just used to sit in the passenger seat and let me drive 45 minutes to the pool. She used to go back to sleep just so that... <laughs> Just because she then could like, you're getting your driving practice. There's nothing on the road. I get to chill out. Off you go. That's I mean, what I did for three months it before must be I passed. So hard to be like really good at a sport. <laughs> I, just, I have no concept of it. I have no concept of being. I suppose that and everybody has a thing that they have dedicated. Thousands, yeah, it doesn't matter whether of hours too. Yeah, but it does just like it really. It feels like extreme when it's at sport for some reason. It feels like a sort of an extreme commitment. I think, though, I, now, I think it's only because it's a physical commitment. Maybe. I think it's because other things like music, drama, any job, you like you say, you have to commit the same probably more hours to but it's just the fact that it's more it's not as physical is it so you're not mm. having to i mean in all other jobs the end result that you're aiming for probably lasts more than three minutes <laughs> you yes. know what i mean like so yes. like you know you're doing an awful lot of training for something that is very uh, has a brief window uh of time uh whereas you know the rest mm. of us we do considerably less training but the work is stretched over a longer period of time that is true getting the result is stretched over a lot it's like i think like people who run 100 meters like all of that for nine seconds yeah that (laughs) that's yeah at least mine lasted eight minutes eight minutes yeah there you go not not 30 
But that makes me feel physically sick, the idea of doing anything really, like, at the highest peak for eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, to be fair, I genuinely always felt like I was going to be sick as well, yeah. so don't worry. Oh, good, I'm pleasant. glad. That's not for you, but for me. <laughs> uh, because I always just felt like when I was made to run the 800 metres at school, I felt like I was going to vomit after 400 metres. Yeah, it does something to you. It's not okay. So he didn't know you through any of this, and so there is a demarker. Do you think that that helps? That there's like a difference in your life now and your life then. I think as well. Not only that, but I'd had my daughter already as well. So he, so Summer was two years old, and I think I massively changed when I became a mum. So I think that was a huge difference as well, because not only he didn't necessarily see that kind of side of me being an athlete but he also got mum becky which is much probably softer and nicer mm. and everything else so um but yeah my lifestyle was different and i thought that was going to scare people off i thought it was like oh okay like do, does somebody gonna accept i've got a two-year-old etc etc but he was like oh i love kids and yeah he's been ace the whole way through he's just like him and summer get on like a house on fire which is great oh yeah, it's nice. I often think, um, so in my office, two of the women who work for me are step-parents, step-mothers. Um, and I just think that step-parents are the most maligned people in literature. Like, we write about them like they are, like, you know, they're basically going to try and murder their stepchildren. Oh, all uh, the time. Yeah, and they're going to, like, lock them in cellars and make sure that their own children get the best of And it is just not my experience of step-parents at all. Quite the opposite, that, like, people are totally dedicated to their stepchildren and, uh, like, feel exactly about them as they feel about their own children. 100%. Andy is also, like is so good at kind of those because she's so young as well she's not going through her teens like playing with her and creating games and all that like i feel like they're on the same mental age sometimes i'm like they, they just get it i mean i can't i could never i never had the patience to play a game with a child repeatedly i've got one round in me and then i'm like really the same thing over and over again whereas my husband could literally just keep doing it over and over again I was like, do you know what i'm fine at games i'm fine if it's like a physical like a proper game like a game of uno or a, a board game yeah but absolutely fine for me it's when you're playing an imaginative game made, game, I, made up game that, yeah yeah made up game i'm like okay, I just, I don't get it. And then I start picking holes with the game, even though a five-year-old has come up with it. But I'm like, but this will never happen. And it's her imagination, yet I just ruin it with my practicality. When they put on plays and it's like, there's no story arc. (laughs) There's no, there's, and it's, I'm like there 35 minutes later and I'm like that. Nothing has actually happened in this play yet. And yet you're demanding that I sit and watch it. This is, I mean, my children are old now. I'm very, very grateful to say they don't, they don't put on plays for me anymore. <laughs> now I sort of miss it now that I've said that, kind of miss the plays. Uh, but no. it was sort of like, so you really haven't thought about the blocking of this play. You haven't thought about the acts. You haven't, you haven't thought about any of the character development. You've just said, mom, sit down. I'm going to put on a play and lined up a load of teddies and are just talking to yourself. To be fair, I feel like I've had to become the actor because it's like, mommy, mommy, watch me do this. And then they do something that's literally like they just stand up and you're like, wow. (laughs) And you literally like, what if I just wowed out here? No, I remember like the first time my son waved and we were like all clapping. I was like, God, we're really celebrating mediocrity. (laughs) We're teaching our children that basically you can just do the the bare minimum and we're all going to just be like, woo. It's no, true. That it is, is true. But that's part of being a parent, isn't it? You roll yeah. with it. You love it. Yeah. I mean, I do love it. I also sometimes loathe it. Um, <laughs> but mostly I love it. I, like, I wouldn't change it, but they are they are a pain in the bum sometimes. Um, quite a lot of the time. My I have teenage sons, though, so that's like their role in life is to be a pain in the bum. Yeah, teenagers there. Everyone mm. is. So what does Andy do? What does he... he what's his job? Um, so he works more in facilities management and oh. kind of looking after that sort of stuff. So again, totally different to yeah. me and completely nothing that I have any knowledge on. I just go, how's work? And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm like, okay, yeah. bye. <laughs> I literally don't know what, it's like Chandler Bing, I don't know what my husband does for a job. <laughs> I, I literally don't know. I've got no idea. 
I think that's the best way. He, he convinces me what he wants, and then I just don't know the ins and outs. But I only know from stuff like now. If we even go to a hotel, he's got his facilities manager brain on that he starts looking at around him. And he's like, "Oh, well, that wouldn't pass," and that wouldn't. And I'm like, <laughs> "We're just in a hotel. Let's just crack on. We're not here to to work or anything else. You don't need to inspect the building." Oh, I'm so delighted that you've made the first ever date you ever went on for online work. This is delightful. So how would you sign up a letter to Andy? What would you say to him? Um, I just think he's one of those people that is just very um, laid back, very chilled. Um, oh, yes, obviously I tell him I love him, etc. But he doesn't, he's just such a laid back guy. So I think it would just be more a case of being like, just thank I'd want to thank him for just like keeping me steady because I can be a bit up and down so he keeps me on track he keeps me steady he keeps everything going um and it, it, sometimes he is a bit underappreciated because me and my family are very loud females mm. and you know what you've he got a lot of sisters it. haven't you yeah I've got two sisters mm. and we're, we're normally very vocal and he's got two sisters as well mm. so it's a very female heavy environment mm. and he deals with it incredibly well and doesn't always get the appreciation he deserves so i definitely thank him for that um and just for being my absolute rock like i do i do give him a lot of crap a lot of the time and he does put up with it bless him do you think he'd say the same about you, do you oh, he'd no. say you were his rock oh yeah definitely like we we've got we're a proper team like we work together so i would just say thank you and just be like we've got each other we're like partners in crime like, you've got my back, I've got yours, sort of thing. Um, and obviously, I love him. I love him Aww. to death. So, yeah. Aww. Very soppy. Oh, it's not soppy, it's nice. Are you <laughs> going to be uh, in Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games, by the way? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Really I don't feel, so. as somebody sitting in Birmingham right now, I just still don't really believe it's going to happen. There we go. Oh, it, it's definitely happening. I know that, but yeah, it's uh, it's one that the swimming is... isn't here though. Actually, the swimming isn't in Birmingham. No, this the new leisure centre, isn't it? They've spent like sixty million on the new mm. leisure centre or something. That's going to be in a... Birmingham. Yeah, but it's going to be great for community and stuff. Oh, yeah. To be fair, I only learned recently that the villages are all spread out as well, so there isn't mm. like normally for athletes you have one, one village. place, yeah. yeah, where we all stay. Every country's together, every sport's together. Whereas this time, I have heard it's all over. Yeah, they as well. started to build it, but because of COVID, it just went totally tits up. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be all over the place, which is weird, but. Um, it is, but at the same time, it might be better for those venues that if yeah, you can yeah. be closer to your venue, it's yeah, probably going to make life easier for the athletes, I guess. That's true, because if you're like doing the velodrome, it'll be in London. There's nowhere bloody near. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a long commute every day. <laughs> Get on your bike. You like your bike? <laughs> oh, Get to the velodrome on the bike. <laughs> That's your warm-up. <laughs> You could probably swim to London somehow through the canals. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'd want to, though. No, I'm all right. Oh, dear. So the second letter I asked you to write was to somebody who's no longer here. So who would that be to? Um, my grandpa, who I always call my gromps. Uh, I don't know why I call him gromps. From a young age, I've always gone gromps, not grandpa. But yeah, uh, my grandpa has sadly passed away, but he was my absolute like hero. He was like my biggest supporter. We used to, he used to take me training once a week, and he was just like he'd put Saga Radio on. I'd be like, Grandpa, I'm like twelve. Can we listen to something else? Like he's not wrong. Just... Saga Radio is good. Yeah, but I was 12, for a 12-year-old. And he'd just be so funny. I, I just loved my grandpa. And after the session, even though he didn't know much about it, he was like, how are you feeling then, Becky? Just spoil me right in his like, proper world. And then every time I used to race, my grandpa used to shout. So everyone else before the race, like, go, Becky, like this, like all cheering. And my grandpa would stand up and he'd do it quite near the end when it's quite getting to that point where everyone needs to shut up. He'd just stand up and go, dig in, Becky. And I'd always be like, there's my grumps. And it would just 
be like that comforting thing when I heard his voice. I could always hear him going, dig in. And I'm like, oh, bless him. Oh, he must Great. have been so proud of you. Did he live to see you win your medals and things? He did. Yeah, yeah. No, he did. He was the proudest man ever. He loved all of us, like all of his grandkids. He absolutely loved. But it was just like he was just the proudest man ever of all of us. And he loved it. Anything that he could do, he, they were so involved. Like they weren't those grandparents that you just saw every blue moon and they gave you a lollipop. It was like we were over there all the time, holidays together. He would take us tra- me training once a week. And he was just like, he was such a nice man. No one who's ever met my grandpa has ever had a bad word to say about him. Oh. He was just like one of the most like gentle, nicest people. And he would talk to anyone. We'd have come out every single week. He'd made a new friend at the pool. And I'm like, who's this grandpa? And he'd just be sat there chatting to somebody. He just loved talking to anyone. He was one of those and just loved it. And like, I know how I feel when I watch people who I've never met uh, swimming or running or cycling for Great Britain. Uh, and I know how it will get me out of my chair. And then when they win and then they have the things rammed in their face and they have to say something like meaningful when they're probably knackered. Like my heart bursts with pride. Uh, I cannot imagine what that would be like if that was my child or my grandchild. Like I already feel like my heart is going to burst when I watch those events and especially like the big set, but like, especially like London 2012, like every single one, I was just like a wreck. I was like crying, like with pride of, of the people and not even necessarily just the British people, just people who got against adversity and trained to do these amazing things. Um, I cannot imagine how your granddad survived that level of pride. I feel it might kill me if I felt that proud. <laughs> To be fair, he was like the same, like my grandpa, bless him, he was like six foot four. So he had. Oh, God! Grandparents are small! I know, but he was so t- he was such a tall man, um, and as he got older, he then struggled with mobility, like his knees and hips mm-hmm. and whatever. As he got older, and for the London Olympics, um, I remember that they were all in our living room, and obviously I wasn't there. I've got told this that once I won, bear in mind, bless him, he struggled to walk at that stage. Literally jumped up and cheered, and everyone went. Oh, Grandpa! Like, because everyone then gated to him because he just burst with pride, exactly like you said, just kind of... I think my heart might actually come out of my chest. I know, and he was... he was. I think that's what happened to him. He just... His lease of life, and he just jumped up, bless him, like the cutest thing ever. Um, but, yeah, he, and he, to be fair, he was even like that with my sisters, and no matter what it was, he was one of those people that just burst with pride. He would tell everyone, my granddaughters are doing this. It's like, they don't care, Grandpa, but, like, he just... Bless him, he would. He just was full of pride. And to be fair, I'd be the same as you. I can't wait to be a grandparent for this reason i can't wait to be a grandparent for this exact reason like you just get to like be chuffed about everything and just spoil them as well Mm -hmm. like my mum does it with my kids like my my daughter my daughter's not the best eater bless her and if she hasn't eaten a dinner i'm like i'll come in and mum will be like yeah she's not really eating a dinner and i'm like oh okay so what she had then well i just gave her some chocolate buttons I'm like, are you kidding me? So all she's eating all day is chocolate. And I'm like, when I was younger, I was made to sit at the table and everything yeah. was gone before I even dared get up. There were some times I used to have to sit there for two hours. Yeah, until my Like in the dark, everyone else has gone to watch the telly. Yeah. You sat there. And I was like, and then the, there you are, just giving her chocolate buttons. And she's like, I can, I'm a grandparent now. And I'm like, oh, all right. I know my dad, we weren't allowed to have like any fizzy drinks and we certainly weren't allowed to drink Coca-Cola because it was from like the evil empire of America. He believes that, uh, you know, anything that is, he's basically, you know, one, a hop, skip and a jump away from being a communist. Uh, and so he believes anything like capitalist is bad uh so we weren't allowed to have any coca-cola or anything like that or mcdonald's or anything and my kids now he's got he's got cans of coke in the fridge <laughs> it's like it, we weren't allowed to watch disney because disney was something to do with fascism i can't even remember but um we weren't allowed to watch disney so i mean we did but uh not when he was around uh but my kids like he's like whacking on all the disney films feeding him coca-cola i'm like that what happened to you? Yeah, you've changed. 
And I also realised when I had kids that the word spoilt, you just say it as if it's like that's the word for that thing that happens. But it's because they literally spoil them. So when you get them back, they're broken. (laughs) The child is broken. Like, and they're like, I'm like, I'm going to have to really train it back in again. You have literally spoilt them. That's like in the literal sense of the word, you have spoilt my child and now I've got to go through a week-long routine to get it back. That is so true. I'd never thought of that until you've just said that. That's actually broken my heart a little bit. Right now, <laughs> it's oh, fine. God, that you have to accept the breakages, but it is like, oh God, I'm going to have to do this again. I've got to go through this whole bloody rigmarole of making yeah. sure that they understand the rules again. Do you know what though? I'm going to do it with my, oh, when my kids have a kid. Yeah. So. All the time. Yeah, so why not? We've just got to embrace this cycle. <laughs> I already do it with my children as they get older. I am much more like, oh yeah, just do whatever you want than I thought than I was when they were little. Because when they're little, you have to hold a line, otherwise your life is a misery. You won't sleep. You won't like things yeah, yeah, won't yeah. happen in time if you don't hold a line. Whereas now my kids look after themselves. I, I'm much less strict about anything. I'm just like whatever, do whatever you want, because yeah. it's not gonna break my life into pieces if they don't go to sleep. No, no, I totally get it. I'm like that even now with my six-year-old, whereas my one-year-old, I'm like, no, he must bath and he must do this because he will be up the whole entire night if he does not. So it will get done. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, all the tea in China, I wouldn't go back to having a one-year-old. So all power to your elbow. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Such hard work. He's about to become the best of himself, though. Like when they're eighteen months old, they're like proper quality. Like they start like being funny and yeah. Okay, a couple more months to go. <laughs> more months to go. It's I'll so tiring. It is, oh. and nobody tells you quite how tiring it is. I don't think. No, he was up last night from about eleven till two. Oh, oh my! Oh, let's just go to sleep. <laughs> oh god! And nobody tells you in the middle of the night that you're definitely going to utter obscenities at your children. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just go to sleep. Yeah. It's like, why are you such a knob? Yeah. Like, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. And then in the morning, you're like, oh, I love them so much. It's like, it doesn't matter in the morning, but in the night, it's like the worst thing. Oh, it is the worst. You just do it for your sanity, though. You don't mean even when you say it, you just I mean, have to get course, your anger Also, out. you have to have a go at, you know, the aforementioned Somebody. Andy. So I have to, I just used to have a go at my husband because I was like, well, there's no point having a go at the baby. It can't cognitively understand this. So no doubt this is somehow your fault. <laughs> I'll see the other one's always asleep. So I'm like, can't even have a go at my husband. <laughs> oh yeah, not waking up the other one. That's a dreadful thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so your your grand I think that your granddad didn't spoil you though. He pushed you on to achieve great things. It sounds oh, to me. he massively did. Oh, he was he was just he was the best. Even like little things, he used to cut my toast. Of, it, this was a spoiling. <laughs> I used to ask like if I had beans on toast. He used to cut my toast into little squares, so I didn't even have to cut it up. He used to cut my toast <laughs> into like tiny little bite-sized squares, bless him. Always used to do that for me. And then he used to put all the toast around the edge and then the beans in the middle, so I only had to scoop it. I'm like, oh, thanks, Grumps. Oh, I think that's the, that's the best way to eat it, though. Toast around the edge, beans in the middle. That's the yeah. only way to fly. Yeah, bless him. Um, so uh, how would you sign off a letter to your granddad? When did he die? Uh, a couple of years ago, now, three three years ago. And he was quite old when he died. Yeah, oh, he'd lived a full life, uh, mm. 100% lived a full life, bless him. It's just, it never seems long enough when you're mm. the grandkid, mm. child, because even then it was like, he never met Albie, he'd met Summer, mm. but he's never met my little boy and things like that, that you do like, oh, you'd have loved him. But it's just, hey-ho, he did live a very full life and an amazing one as well. Um, my grandpa was always my hero, so I'd definitely sign it off with just like, you're my hero like he was like one of my role models like I always just if I could be any even like one percent or even like half as good as my grandpa like I know I'm doing all right in life that's like my measure of life like if I'm a little bit like my grandpa I'm I'm good I'm solid I'm I'm fine uh so yeah definitely my hero definitely uh he's so me he's so regularly talked about as well it's like he's still here i feel like i'm just gonna phone up and my grandpa did that really sweet thing where he 
he would phone him and he'd read he would answer the phone with his phone number a number yeah yeah and i'm like i know your number you i've just phoned you <laughs> but thanks i uh, my grandparents lived in the constituency i now represent their phone number um I could, like, they used to do the same, like, just say their phone number. So, you know, I could recite it. My grandparents have been dead for nearly 20 years. I could still recite their telephone number. And I recently, because we do phone canvassing in elections, I rang my grandparents' phone number and it wasn't them anymore. It wasn't even the house that they lived in. But I rang their phone number and I just was half expecting somebody to pick up the phone and be like, 783, and, like, say the number. But they didn't. Um, but it is a weird thing to ring your grandparents. Look, kids these days won't know phone numbers, will they? I can still. No. I remember all of my friends' phone numbers from when I was a kid. To be fair, I could only probably, I think there is two people. I know my husband and my mum's mobile number. Nobody else's. Oh, I don't I don't know anybody's mobile number apart no. from my own. I don't no. even know my husband's. I know it's got a lot of ones in it. <laughs> yeah but as in like otherwise like you just have no needs whereas but yeah when i was little i knew everyone's phone number that's Everybody's how you remember it. Number. yeah 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 and i still know them i could i mean none of those people live in those houses anymore so it's a futile piece of information but i still know those numbers i could still ring them should i need to my, yeah. my, my dad still has a home phone um and so yeah it's still the same number it was when i was a kid so yeah i'd probably put the phone number on the letter just for like nostalgic reasons I, I just would i think it's just like that's what i just always remember i just you just have to it'd just be like the sweetest thing ever just you're my hero the phone number <laughs> L- love you becky oh that is lovely the phone number i love that um that is from a bygone era <laughs> It's just like, it's a lot to say. <laughs> like, it's like seven digits long. I'm like, like, you really, really don't need to say this many digits. I know, um, my grandpa used to say the area code. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So a full 11 digit phone number. <laughs> the whole thing. But I think he was a policeman. So maybe it's a policeman thing. So oh, I don't know. Yeah. You, you just answer the phone with like, hello? Whereas <laughs> not... But if you were calling from a phone box, by the time someone's got through 11 digits, your tempi would be gone. I mean, like, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> That's another thing that also doesn't exist anymore, phone boxes. Yeah, that is true. We'll be back for Rebecca's final letter after a short break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss so the final letter i asked you to think about was to somebody who has affected your life but you you know wouldn't necessarily know the effect that they've had on you this one was the hardest one to choose somebody um and i've chosen uh my first swimming coach so not my first teacher, but my first swimming coach, which was a guy called Ian Negus. Um, and I've done it because I don't speak to him anymore. Um, it was one of those that 
after Beijing and London, I briefly saw him at a few things and had a conversation, but it's not like I was so young when I left the swimming club. I was like 11, maybe 12, no, 12, 12. So I was so young that it's not something that I'm like ever going to stay in touch. And yet he's, I will always remember him part of my swimming journey. And I think he doesn't, I, not in a bad way, but you're, the credit goes to my coach who I then had from 12 until course, then throughout yeah. my career, which which was Bill. So I feel like he never got any sort of kind of the credit probably he deserved for kind of that. He kind of started that journey. He was the whole reason I went to my coach in the first place. So if it wasn't for him, I actually wouldn't have ever ended up with my coach. And then who knows if I'd have ever achieved my success. But so tell me how it happens. Like, you know, I, I go to the swimming pool. I used to swim for my school and I was good at swimming. Uh, but like, so, you know, presumably it takes somebody spotting that you've got talent. Yeah, well, not really. It's not really like football where there's like not? <laughs> somebody's like scouting out and like mm. doing all of that. Um, for me, I just, we joined a club when I was like eight or nine and then my sister swam there as well. And it was just our local swimming club. It was just because we live around the corner. It wasn't because we had picked it for any other reason mm. than convenience. Um, and it was just, Ian was great. He was always like a fair man. Everyone liked him. He was very much that father figure. And even though he used to, if you were talking too much, he used to make you get out and do 10 press-ups. So I was constantly doing press-ups um, just because I was always talking too much. Um, and then it was kind of Ian who had the conversation with my mum and dad that was like yeah Becky's really good and kind of Becky kind of needs a bit more training now because a club environment you only swim so many times a week it's kind of not the progression that you really need so it was my kind of my mum and dad and that spoke to Ian and Ian was like I think you should look into Bill Furness I think he'd be really good for Becky and he's a great coach so I don't think it ever would have happened if it wasn't for Ian having that conversation and also him having that conversation he never tried to hold on to a swimmer that he wanted them to stick at that club. He was like, no, I want them to reach their potential and go off and, and achieve great things and kind of takes wow. a lot to constantly pass people on to other people. And yet he, he did. So it, it, it was, a lot of it was him as well. And plus he kind of sparked that. That was my first club. That was that first initial thing of like, okay, I like swimming this is what I want to do. If I'd had a, a bad coach or a negative experience, I probably wouldn't have taken it any further. So I kind of owe a lot to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's quite a thing that he was nice to you and you liked it and he, yeah. you know, you stuck with it because there must be, and this is a sad thing that we must like, you know, try and do as much as possible about, which I know that, um, most uh, of you who uh, end up as uh, great sports people then go on to dedicate your time to making sure that other kids can break through and find their way is that like there must be kids swimming in pools in my constituency who and and going to clubs and like who because they don't have that one person or that thing that uh, that pushes them forward or the opportunity that you know we're missing out on all those gold medals Oh, yeah, there'll be loads. And that's up yeah. and down the country. That's up and down different sports, yeah. different activities, of course. You only, it only takes one bad experience for that yeah. child to go, I don't want to go back. Yeah. Or one thing to happen that goes, you know what, that's not for me. And actually, it could be that it is for them. It just wasn't yeah. the right coach. Like, I don't like a coach that, I don't know, I don't get it when people go to these, like, boot camp things yeah. like if someone shouts in my face i'm either gonna laugh or i'm gonna walk off yeah. like it doesn't motivate me and i don't want you to shout in my face i'm literally like i was one of those kids that if i got told off at school i'd laugh i, yeah. I can't i can't deal with it so i just end up laughing it and i'm like when people share about you it's, it's so, yeah it just it just makes me laugh so i think I just wonder all those kids that they're not responding to being taught in that. So I guess it's at school as well. Everyone le mm. learns in different ways. And I just think it's fascinating because swimming clubs, sport has this perception that you need somebody that shouts and authority and mm. this, this, this. Whereas a lot of people don't respond to that. And it's funny because Ian and my coach, Bill, who ended up being my coach, very similar personality traits, like very fair, very equal, very kind of really level sort of guys. You don't ever see them really get stressed, really kind of them sorts of characters. So it's it's funny how they were both very similar. It's, um, I think you're, you're right though. And I think that some of that deficit, certainly in swimming, 
it's how we teach it. So my school, I went to a grammar school in Birmingham and it had a swimming pool, which, and the, there is actually a comprehensive school in my constituency that, that also has a, a swimming pool, although it's a constant drain on the resources and we're always oh. constantly having to fundraise for it. But anyway, we do that. But the, the problem was, was that, or, and if you didn't, you'd get on a coach and go off to the, the local swimming pool to do your lessons. Um, but it was sort of like, you know, you were punished for like not getting changed quickly. And, and it's like you would swim for half an hour and it just the whole thing felt so pressured. Like swimming lessons always just felt really horrible and pressured. And like, oh, like and then the girls thing about everybody then pretending that they've got their periods. I mean, one time my swimming teacher said to me that your, your mom needs to get you a gynecologist appointment. <laughs> Like, there's something wrong with you because I just was saying that I had my period because I didn't want to do it. You've had uh, your period for six months now. <laughs> no, yeah, that's it. It's a constant period, what can I say? It's a, it's an odd thing. Um, but, um, and also, I wish, if I now was teacher, I would say to girls, I know that you can go for a swim when you've got your period. Yeah, so of just, that's really not an issue. You can swim. It's not like a disability having your period but there we go um but um like i really and i'm really really i you know i'm good at swimming it's the only sport i actually enjoy is to swim and it was ruined for me by sort of bad PE, and i think that's a real problem it massively is and i think it's one of those that like you say that time at school like it's such a short window to, for the school to try and get mm. so much in Many kids yeah and, and and especially then if you've got to get on a bus, you've got to get changed, you've got to do all of that. It's it's it is time consuming it's consuming unless you can walk to the pool unless it's yeah. at school or whatever. But it's such an important life skill mm. that you can't not do it. And I think that's a way that a lot of it, like I run my own learn swim program and yeah. it's taking that off. So it's like it's a lot of the time. You go to these places, it's either your PE teacher who is totally not qualified to be a swim teacher that's teaching you, which totally should not be a thing anymore, by the way, if you are not qualified. Um, and also, it's like one person for 30 kids. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just not possible. It's well, like, let them take, like we do it, like let us look, take the swim lesson. Yeah. They're qualified teachers. There's three or four of them. Let them spread out and get the most of their 30 minutes. It's much better and it's much easier it when it runs like that. It is. My son's, funny enough, a lad who used to volunteer on my campaign, he was a swimming teacher. Um, and uh, my children, we were going on holiday somewhere um, and I wanted to basically not have to pay attention to them when they were in the pool. This is a great uh, motivator for me. Um, <laughs> and... Um, but they were, you know, they were much older than I was when I'd learned to swim because they just had this terrible sort of like their PE teacher not qualified, like 35 kids, 25 minutes, that sort of thing. Um, and he took my kids twice on two separate occasions for an hour, just the two of them and him, and they can then both swim like fish. I was like that. Well, that was all it took. Like they just needed a good teacher to actually give them some attention. And it, Exactly that. It doesn't like, I think people think that it is something that it's not, it's like riding a bike. Once you can learn how to swim as well, you've got it. It's not like. Oh, you can't um, lose it. Yeah, you can't no, lose it. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. So I think people are like, always say to me, it's like, oh, it's just not worth it. I'm like, but it is because you're gaining a skill that they will use if you live a full life. For about 80, 90 years, they will use yeah. the skill. Like, it is a long... If you think about it in that aspect, that they will swim. Like, we have 92-year-olds swimming at our local pool that oh, they yeah. go every day. It's like they're fixed Also, on, like, it's non-impact, isn't it? So it's exactly. good exercise for... You can do it when you're pregnant, when you're yeah. injured. It's such a great rehab. And I'm like, you're going to use this for 90 years or 80 years. I'm like, I think it's quite a, a decent investment. It's like yeah. £7.50 for a lesson. I, I, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally is. And also, if if you need the, the best motivation is you don't have to watch your kids by the pool. <laughs> you can get drunk exactly by the pool that. and feel safe that they are going to be fine. Exactly. Um, and that was my main motivating driver. Um, coming from Birmingham, like, you know, we don't have a, uh, uh, you know, I don't need to worry about them near the sea. <laughs> no, that, well, that's true. Rivers, <laughs> lakes, maybe. But, yeah, 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 the canal. The um, <laughs> so how would you sign off your letter to Ian? Um, just saying thank you. 
I don't thank you for the press ups, but I, I thank you definitely uh, for the advice for just giving me my first kind of taster of um, that enjoyment for swimming and letting my love for the sport grow. So just a thank you. Oh, I bet Ian's really proud of you, Becky. Do you know what? I still think he's at the swim club. <laughs> I genuinely do. He's, he's, he, his son actually went on to become a coach, a very good one. And I've seen him a couple of times at different things. Just the loveliest family ever that you're just like, oh, you're so lovely. Just those people that you just think they're family. You're like, oh, it's like you're an uncle. You're just so lovely. Yeah. Oh, they sound a lovely bunch. Well, thank you so much for sharing your letters with me. And I'm going to go for a swim when I am no, no longer have COVID. Uh, I like to swim uh, in where I live in London. When I'm there for work, there is a swimming pool. And the men from the gym all come into the swimming pool after they have um, like got all sweaty in the gym. And they jump in and it is the greatest motivating factor to be better at swimming than them. Uh, and so I totally pace them in the pool every single time. I'm just like, I'll show you. And uh, so that it's, it's a mark for feminism for me, being faster swimming. To be fair, I love it when you get somebody next to you that wants to race and then I'm literally like, (laughs) bye-bye, bye-bye. See you later. I totally like push myself until I'm going to be sick, but I do it for womankind. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure, Becky. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips. If you want to hear more conversations just like this, make sure you follow Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips on the podcast provider of your choice. And why not write a letter to your friends, telling them all about this podcast? You could also follow us on social media. We're at Jess Phillips Pod. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.